You're listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 64. Five years later, a whole new world. A whole new world. Sorry. Right, and welcome to episode 64, and and with Darren singing a Disney song off the top there, I'm, uh, I, I guess I, I'm going to call myself Lawsuit Lad, because now I'm in fear, you know, because oh, not only did we uh, did we have unauthorized use of a Disney song, but it's a, it's a DC-based uh, podcast, and, you know, oh. with the whole Marvel oh. thing, it's just, it's just going to be ugly. Oh, you think? You think that's going to be ugly? <laughs> I think that's going to be so ugly, it's not even going to be funny. <laughs> Punisher's going to be walking around with little Mickey ears on with a goofy laugh. It'll happen. Well, I Trust guess they me. can just sew those ears on now. So Yeah, they can. They, yeah. They, he'll, he'll get them attached by shield in some kind of surgery. <laughs> or hammer or sword or whoever it is now. <laughs> yeah, whoever it is today, anvil. Scalpel. Scalpel. <laughs> <laughs> So not keeping up with the Marvel stuff. <laughs> I, I don't care. Sword, shield, whatever. Mm. And I guess I am Darren Will, and I am um, a recovery yes. kid because I had a party last night. And, Woo! Wow. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Too much alcohol. So I am. I am on the water drinking game plan tonight. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to rehydrate because I can't go to work with a headache like I had this morning. <laughs> oh my. The cats walking on the on the hardwood floor was <laughs> making me go shut up, shut up, uh, shut up. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! It's to you, Matt. <laughs> oh, I'm Matt Kramer, and uh, oh, this week I'm. I think we all are vacation kid. Yeah. Yay, vacation kid. Yay. Some of us more than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a gold brick now. There's a difference. <laughs> And I'm Scott Coles, and tonight I am Construction Kid. I am attempting to put together the recumbent bike I received for Christmas. Excellent. And so far, I think I'm succeeding. However, <laughs> if you hear any screams, just disregard them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to Make see sure here. You, Please you mount the seat with the cushion facing up, okay? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, good. yeah. Just make sure that the seat's on there in the first place. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it might end up from like a scene from Burn After Reading. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Damn. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's for the best. That's yeah. for the best, Scott. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Yeah, that's not such a bad thing. So, um, as as we record this, which is somewhat before. We release this. Uh, lots of DC news this week. Um, none of it real. Well, some of it, I guess, sort of touches on the Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because some of it touches on Monel specifically, and that's uh, the War of the Superman over in the Superman books. And um, it looks like everything that's been going on in the whole uh, World of New Krypton thing is coming to a head, and so we're going to see some stuff go on with that. Um, we're also going to get. Uh, Batman traveling through time. No. Do you think he'll end up, do you, you know, I, I just wonder, is this going to be sort of a back and forth through time or is this going to be sort of linear coming from just the past to the present? 
be Viking Batman and um, British Knight Batman. It's an excuse to sell variant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, you see these toys that we've been making all these years are now relevant. Guess what? Hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, Batman. I want the rainbow suit, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I do. What a shocker, right? <laughs> I kind of like just get an extra Batman and just spray paint him. <laughs> I kind of like zebra suit Batman myself. Zebra Batman, exactly. that would work. Exactly. Zebra this... suit Batman with Buona Beast. Yeah. Buona Beast. <laughs> Can't go wrong. There it is. Sure, <laughs> there, Batman. There it is. <laughs> Buona Beast was mentioned. Everybody take a drink. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. So uh, along with that, they talked about the. Um, uh, the Earth One uh, graphic novels. That's uh, there's the uh, Superman by uh, Gary Frank or not Gary Frank. It's uh, Shane Davis on art and JMS writing, and uh, it's Johns and Gary Frank doing uh, the uh, the Batman Earth One. So, yeah, the Earth One stuff looks really neat. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, that a try. I'm interested in it. It's uh, I think it'll be fun. You know, it's, uh, um, you know, a lot of people have sort of talked about it sort of being the, you know, oh, it's the ultimate stuff all, you know, all over again. Or or wasn't this what All-Star was for? All-Star, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. All-Star was, uh, you know, it ended up pretty messy. And I think that the going with yeah. the... With going with the hey, you know, let's 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 not be too ambitious. Let's go with, you know, two graphic novels per year per character. And, uh, and 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 leave it at that. You know, it's a nice way for them to make sure one they've got all of the stuff in in on deck. Because let's face it, both uh, All Star titles were plagued with delays, and hmm. um, so it's you know it's kind of their way of uh, of being able to take care of that as well. And it looks like that's two artists that that have been pretty good at uh, at, at meeting deadlines as well. So, if only they'd been doing this whole comics thing for seventy years or so by now, they could have. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but most importantly, perhaps, is that uh, we we will be getting a who's who. Yay! For the first time I'm, in a long time, long ass time. Yeah, I am saving my woohoo's. We shall see. I, I want to see it. I'm I not agree. entirely convinced the twelve issue series can. Uh, Give me what I want. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. And I agree with you completely, Scott. I yeah. want to see what they're going to give us on the who's who. If, if it's 12 issues like that Green Lantern Secret Files, though, that would oh, be yeah. great, I think. Yeah. I think they could fit a lot in that. If it's 12 issues of the old format, now I know we don't need a new article about Mary Girl of a Thousand Gimmicks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Prince Ramon. He's my favorite go-to. Who the heck is this guy? Or, or and, and, we, and we, yeah, and we can probably, yeah. well, no, not, bo- no. Wanna Beast has to be in there. <laughs> uh, but but you know, we can miss like Anima. Yeah. You know, or basically Although, any I mean any in of Anima's the... defense, she at least had a, her own title in the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who did I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gunfire had his own title. <laughs> Gunfire alone. It's not his <laughs> fault that Wild Dog stole his uh thunder. <laughs> Wild Dog. Wild Dog. Remember that? Ooh, DC's see. answer to the Punisher. Oh god, it was awful. I miss Wild so, Dog. I love Wild Dog. Wild Dog, dog was yeah. cool. It's okay, we have the hitman now. It's I like his, no, it's not the same though. I love his outfit. The hockey mask and the hockey jersey. I, as you can tell, I'm just into having a hockey jersey be your superhero outfit. <laughs> I don't really care what you do or what you look like. As long as you have a hockey jersey, that's a good superhero outfit to me. So the, True. Now, Wild Dog was Max <laughs> Allen Collins, wasn't it? I yeah. believe so. 
And and who was on the art? Was it Terry Beatty? Terry Beatty, yeah. Oh, Terry Beatty. Oh, see, there's there's that memory kicking in. All right. Wow. <laughs> he has not burned as many brain cells as we thought. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. No, that that That's yeah, that good. stuff was fun. I, I yeah. really enjoyed that. It was yeah. dumb, but it was fun. So, yeah. you, but but there's a lot of people they're going to leave out for sure. Oh, and, totally. And totally. Poor thank me, I, man. I think what they'll be focusing on is who's important now. And uh, and that's really where it's going to be at. I mean, you look at something like the like the encyclopedias, right? They don't carry, they don't cover nearly all all the characters. Um, but it was basically, you know, hey, here's the here's the ones that are important now, and here's some of the the characters that are ra- that are sort of referenced that uh, that may pop up from time to time. Yeah, but you and, know what? That's kind of the problem. I mean, for me, who's who is all about the really whacked out, obscure people that I'd never heard of. I'm like, yeah. who the hell is that guy? I got to find out more about this. <laughs> mm. Well, and and you know what? There's 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 definitely room for that because when you think about it, that's um, you know, this that's is supposed John's to be like the gateway, wheelhouse. right? Well, totally, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, and Grant Morrison's too. I mean, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. Yeah, so Fifty Two pulled out more obscure characters recently than any other book that they've done. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, all those mad scientists on New Long Island. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like a Mark Way trivia fest up in there. Inferior <laughs> <laughs> so. five, I mean. come on. Yeah, all yeah. those, well, all those big guys, the, the big guns, and even the second tier characters, they get enough service as it is. I mean, I want to see stuff about the guys that I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, you'd have to go pretty far to find somebody I haven't heard of these days. But still, mm. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there just like me. Who you know is into that sort of whole sort of wonky stuff and just like, what the hell is that guy's deal? And that was the that was the fun of it. I mean, and let's face it. Re- remember with what they were doing with um, with Crisis at the time was was they were pulling all these characters out of mothballs and it was kind of like you know they're they're going to show up for like one panel, but if and you look die. if you but if you check out this <laughs> book, then at least you find out who the hell they were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And realize that we weren't just, uh, you know, we weren't just drawing a goofy costume for the sake of it. And so, um, so when they died in crisis before their entry in Who's Who came out. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Poor 10-eyed man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So yeah. so it, it does is. it does remain to be seen. Now, the original was 26 issues. Um, they haven't said that this is going to be 12, you know, 22 page issues. Yeah, we I don't know how we, thick it is. We, right? we don't know that. We those, don't know the format. So. Those ones were. Uh, they, you know, they were. They were. I, I, I think I got. I can't yep. remember. So, uh, so you know, we could have a higher page count in this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, I guess it. We could. Uh, and and it also depends on how they're organizing it. That one well, was very much the, um, uh, you know, the alphabet, the alphabetized version, the loose leaf one. It was all mixed up. All <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Up. I was gonna say that it, it, they started out trying to do themes, so you'd have like here's like a bunch of Superman related characters, here's a bunch of Batman related characters, and then that all fell to the wayside, and it was just yeah. basically, hey, you'll get someone else to add to your Legion section here, and and all mm. that kind of thing. Actually, the originals were thirty two pages. Okay, there we go. So, uh, so that that's that's a higher benchmark for them to hit. Then, I just happen yeah. to have one on my desk here. So awesome. <laughs> Which one? Uh, L. Oddly L enough. for Legion. Yay. Right. Is that the there one with Lightning Lad and Lois Lane on the cover? Yep. Krona to the Losers. Awesome. Krona to the Losers. Well, that's ironic. Yeah. yeah. In, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. The, on, I don't, the only 
who's who I have is the the Legion who's who. I've ha- I had a few over the years, but I don't know where they disappeared to. I've got a bunch of them kicking around, and my eventual plan is to get them all together along. And I've got the eighty-seven and eighty-eight updates, yeah. And I want to get them bound. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm seriously considering um, doing that with the loose leaf one. You know, just basically deciding on what my order is going to be, and because uh, I had them all grouped by by different teams and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because uh, it basically it fits in like two different binders right now, and um, it because the 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 loose the binder that you bought with it originally. Uh, doesn't fit them all. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I never bought the binder anyway. So, uh, yeah, I mean the uh, it, it, you know you know I I, th- I think I think it, they they must have had a deal with it at the time that I bought it because uh, yeah. I can't imagine another I, I, you know because it wasn't it's not even that great I think it was Brian Ballin did the cover for it and it's not even you know it's far from his best work. But um, and it's really tiny. No, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and it was one hundred and fifty dollars. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, the um, poor pants. <laughs> poor pants. Um, Golden but, Corral, everybody, come on! <laughs> Will he ever win? No, but, no. no. But along with that is is legacies, and this is going to uh, to basically so, uh, there, there's legacies. There's also and 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 they weren't clear on this as to whether or not the history of the DC universe is going to be another yet another reprinting of the uh, Wolfman Perez one, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Did they just reprint that? I think they did recently, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. I think I think it's going to be something new because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to when you're when you're doing legacies, you're doing, um, you know, you're doing another who's who. Why would you give an old history that doesn't apply anymore? Yeah. Right. So, uh, um, and the idea of that was that it, you know, kind of gave you the idea of where the where the, uh, the, the you know the new Earth uh, that came out of uh, of the of the first crisis uh, came about. So so they've got that. They've got legacies which uh, Len Wein is writing, and the first uh, the first segment of it will deal with uh, with with sort of the mystery men and all that kind of stuff. And the art's going to be by uh, um, I can't remember if it's Andy or Adam Kubert. I pencils. think it's Andy. Andy? Okay. Hubert, that little guy from the uh, video yeah. game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, and his his dad, no stranger to the Golden Age, Joe Kubert, uh, do, doing the inks. I think that's kind of cool. And, yeah, uh, cool. Very cool. I, I think it's very neat. So Jeez, those Hawkman pages better rock. Uh, and you know they will. And, and the Sergeant Rock, too. <laughs> Yes, and now of course that is unless they decide to reflect what's what's going to happen with the Sergeant Rock movie and move it to the future. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sergeant what? Rock teams up with Hex. So yeah, that's what they're that's what they're, they're they're the movie version uh, that's currently in development of Sergeant Rock. They want it to be in the future because what? they yeah I know yeah yeah it, it's like didn't it's you just, just do G. that G. with GI Joe? Did, yeah. <laughs> did, did they watch Catwoman? Didn't they see? The Catwoman, you know, they're, but their their basic the basic thing is is like, oh, you know, people have been inundated with World War II movies, and they don't want to see that. And it's like, then then don't do Sergeant Rock because yeah. the that's only what his deal is yeah, the only benefit to that name is to attract uh, is to attract the fans of 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 Sergeant Rock. Mm-hmm. You can use any other name 
for the for everyone else, right? I mean, it's it's not like all of a sudden everybody else is going to be like, oh, Sergeant Rock, I got to go see that. <laughs> They're going to be like, what the hell is that? You know, some people will say, hey, wasn't that an XTC song? But um, <laughs> no one is going to say that, Paul. Just me, just me. Especially, <laughs> especially a white boy from Canada. What <laughs> of course, my first, my first go-to is always that DC Comics Presents issue where Superman goes back in time and teams up with Sergeant Rock because that was the first yeah. time. I, that was the first time I ever read uh, anything Sergeant Rock because you know I was I was eight. <laughs> And it was just like uh-huh. you know I don't I'm not gonna I I, don't, I had no interest in reading a, a World War yeah, II. Yeah, I, n- I never read the War Comics. First time I read Sergeant Rock was in the Crisis. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, really? yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell yeah. you, I read that DC Comics Presents issue, and it, it made me check it out. And oh, you know, it sure. was I, I enjoyed that story so much that I wanted to I wanted to see more of those characters, and I did pick <laughs> up a bunch of Sergeant Rock issues, and it was awesome. I like that- the idea of Sergeant Rock being the last soldier killed in World War II. I like that allusion to that you know where yeah, it's like kind of nice, uh, yeah it's better than him becoming uh luthor's uh, secretary of war isn't it uh, uh yeah <laughs> totally it's like it gives, it gives him you know it's a definite cap to you know well, his story, that just really nice him, right? that one it is so the one that that worked for luthor that was the one that was in that um suicide squad series allegedly yeah. yes Allegedly, and that wasn't, yeah. and that was apparently not the real Sergeant Rock. No, correct. <laughs> okay, it's possibly the unknown soldier, but it's sort or, of vague. Or it, nemesis. Yeah, because the unknown, nemesis. the unknown soldier has shown up again recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want them to do more with the creature commandos. They were always a fun idea. Well, the uh, Robinson's been—he's sort of alluded to them, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weren't they yes. in Superman just like a year ago or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, just briefly. The Krypton arc. Yeah, but uh, they're they're part of they're part shit. of this whole seven seven three four thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that makes sense, doesn't it? So yeah. it all comes together, kids. Wow! So uh, it's just like they plotted this. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and of course, then uh, we we get uh, we're going to see uh, in the next couple of months, certainly in February. Uh, we're gonna find out what Monel's mission in the uh, 21st century is. Twinkies, um, basically. <laughs> yes, Twinkies. <laughs> they were like, "We can't get these things anymore. You've got to I go back and get some." Green must have mm. green and he, and he ends up in a fight with with Reginald Val Johnson in the in the Seven uh, Eleven over the last <laughs> Twinkie. I can just see it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Oh, hey, gotta have, hey, gotta get a diehard shout out when you can. <laughs> so, where we where do we leave off? Where did we leave off with the Legion? Oh, the Legion! I remember them. Yes. Well, um, there was an old timeline, and then there was this fight, and then there became this new timeline, and then there was another fight, and now we have a new timeline. So let, let's let's just sort of let's just sort of talk about where where this is where the series has taken us so far. We're five issues in, and and the team <laughs> has not reformed. <laughs> five issues in, really, we're we're uh, we're, we're going to start on on number six, and basically, we still don't have a legion, technically speaking. Uh, well, we have bits of one. We have bits here and there, definitely, and we know that they're coming back. But this, this is this is the big deal: is that in most team books at the time, oh yeah, 
first issue, the whole team's there. The whole you- team's there. By the second issue, they're, they've got a headquarters. You know, third issue at the latest. Right? By and, the third issue, they have a major villain to deal with. Yeah. So. Well, it, it was just that they, they took a bit more time with it. But the really neat thing was that basically that whole little story, that whole thing with Monel coming in and the uh, alternate timeline, completely interrupted that story. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. okay. You know, it's that's like peaks. Yeah, yeah, it's very much. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is again. It's that whole sort of postmodern storytelling sense. Um, you've got basically a team that so far, you know, we're not seeing we're not seeing them in costumes. We're basically they they refer to each other by by their <laughs> their their first <laughs> bless you bless you uh, by their their given names rather than their code names and um, you yeah, know it, names. The, the 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 influence of of Watchmen looms large here, right? Because you know everything from the nine panel grid to the idea of of again taking a different look at this team from the future, and uh, you know they're not they're not the ideal the idyllic kids anymore. They're not you know the idealists that uh, that think everything is going to be great. You know they're they're a little more battle scarred, and uh, and they're they're in a world that has that has done them wrong. And, and done a lot of people wrong. So I just think it, it's just a really interesting sort of way of, uh, again, just sort of what, the, way, uh, the way they've let it un- unfold in those first few issues. And I, I don't know that... Um, I don't know that, uh, that, that, that they'd be as brave now to do that kind of thing where, you know, we have a bit of the story, then we interrupt it, then we go off, then we carry on with it. And now it's, it's completely, you know, it's a completely different world, the whole bit. Um, Especially these days where they won't give a new title more than 12 issues before uh, they pull the plug on it. So, well, absolutely. And I mean, it's, and it's that whole sort of, you know, six, that six issue, get the trade out rhythm. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, and that, and that's where, you know, I look at, I look at a book like rebels where, um, you know, every issue stands on its own, but there's this sort of big story, and really that big story, you know, yes, you can you can have a break on that sixth issue, but when you get to issue seven, it's it's still going, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was that was the the great Ooh. thing about it was was that you know he basically he told that story, and you get that 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 moment to breathe, and then you get the next issue, and it's like, oh god, it's still it's still all going on. Speaking, <laughs> yeah, speaking of rebels, did you read the new? New issue and see the see what's coming up in 2010. Yes, let's talk about that for a second. What? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, where did I see that? But yes, Brainiac and the Legion of Superheroes coming up. Oh yes. And um, so that that is the fourth title then. That's oh, I, oh yeah, I was new. I was I was alluding to in Rebels the Doc's family reunion. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's really what it what it comes down to is this is going to be a uh, yes. We will see all of the uh, all of the Brainiacs will come together in some form or another. Mm. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's going to be great. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Is it, we, you know, sorry, sorry. Have we met Brainiac one yet? In Superman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, so Brainiac is like Brainiac One is just the evil, regular evil yeah. Brainiac, skull face guy, that, or used to be skull face guy. Well, yeah. and, and that's the whole thing is basically what um, what Johns did was he kind of brought all of them together. 
Ah, okay. essentially. So, so the Brainiac that we saw in that was kind of the real one, but but all the other incarnations were kind of his puppets. Yeah, just representatives of him. Okay, exactly. So there was the the Vril Docs that uh, that we came to know that was sort of like the Milton Fine. Um, yeah, the mentalist, yeah. right? Yeah, the Mentalist who basically was overtaken by this alien intelligence, which was. Vrildox the first, which you know is the first Brainiac, the father of uh, of of Vrildox that we know in Legion. So uh, not met two or three and four then. That's right. Oh well, two is continuity. Oh, that's that's (laughs) two. Oh God, isn't his son? Because technically, two would be Vrildox from Legion. Yes. Yeah. And and so. Technically, I guess three would be Lyral Docs. Yep. Yeah. Um, who who you know now has himself a little starfish and uh, has his twelfth level intelligence back. So yay, yikes. starfish! <laughs> and we met four in the Archie Legion. Yeah. What? Yeah. Brainiac four is in is in the Archie Legion. Oh really? Yep. Cool. But that that again. It yeah, depends on if they're bringing all that together right. because that would technically be Earth 247 now, right? Correct. Correct. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how they how they bring all that together. And I just think it's kind of cool that we'll get a... Uh, I, I, I really like the idea of having some, uh, some, some you know, docs in, uh, in Rebels meeting up with, uh, with his descendant. I, I, just, I just love that idea. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're because they're both they're both such you know self-absorbed characters, but you've got one that has a basic sense of decency and nobility, and then you got Docs. <laughs> uh, Ain't nothing going on there, McGee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. If you thought the Brainiac interactions in Legion of Three Worlds was good, wait till you see this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, I'm really looking forward to that. So I, I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I just think it's, uh, uh, you know, the. The original Brainiac now is 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 much more a badass, and now apparently that skull sh- skull shaped ship is making its way back to uh, to New Krypton if uh, the solicits are to be believed as well. So, yay! I love that ship. It's so it's sweet. Yay for solicits! <laughs> I don't read them, so I don't know. <laughs> so there we have it. I get previews, but. I don't think I ever open it. I actually did today. I, I, I was going through and just sort of figuring out what I was going to, because cause I, I would love to get those, um, uh, the absolutes of, uh, of planetary. So I was just like, let's see oh, if we can make mm. this, how can we make this work? And, mm. and I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I totally would love to, but I can't justify it. I've got, because I've got the three hardcovers that they have already. Oh, for mm. sure. For sure. So then it's just waiting for them to either put the other ones into a hardcover or just bind the last one myself, which is, I think, what I'm leaning towards. That, that, yeah. is that so, way I can put in the other stuff too, the, uh, the extra series, the Planetary JLA and Planetary. Oh, for sure. For sure. Stuff. Just stick them in the end. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, anyway. So so in in going through those, that's where I learned this about the uh, about Monel. Finally, he knows all of the legionnaires that are. He's aware of all of the legionnaires that are stuck back here, and he's going to work with them. Then we've got the Brainiac thing. Is he? Is he aware of all of them, or just the ones that we're aware of too? It says it, it the, again. If solicit text is to be believed, hmm. <laughs> it says that he's aware of all of the legionnaires stuck in the twenty first century. Okay. Again, that's yeah, yeah. It depends. Would it be on funny if Quizlet was in as a little like um, 
gold buttons there. <laughs> Murray had a good <laughs> theory pop about Quizlet. <laughs> what was that? That he is one in one of the security cameras, cameras. that that oh. uh, monitored when Mono like collapsed while he was flying and fell into the the bay. Oh wow! Maybe Quizlet saved him from drowning. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe makes sense. It really does, actually. <laughs> See, that'd be great because uh, you know, like I said, the one, the Matarito Lad one, totally, you know, in retrospect, makes a lot of sense. But but at the time, it was just like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. And <laughs> nope. um, yeah. so uh, even even. When I saw the message board that uh, that morning, and someone had, had said, you know, I wasn't going to tell you what, but chomp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that, that was Murray again. Yes, it, right. That's right. That's right. We oh, might as well man. just let him run the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're obviously failing miserably. <laughs> We're not catching any of this stuff. <laughs> Are we even reading that? What the hell is going on? <laughs> Well, I have an excuse. I'm not actually reading it, but there you, have it. you guys, you guys are slacking. No such excuse. Exactly. Oh, whatever. We're so not slacking. <laughs> okay, so we get into um, into Legion of Superheroes, Volume Four, Number Six, <laughs> and um, it's been a long time since I've read this one in particular. I'm pretty sure. Um, so this was just as as Mark Wade was finishing his tenure as editor, and um, and so he was he was getting ready to move on. And Michael Yuri was actually the one who was coming in, um, and he's he's of course now the guy in charge of uh, of back issue over at Tomorrow's, and um, and he did like the Krypton Companion, and uh, anyway, so just a, a little bit a little a little bit of background there <laughs> just a little bit so we start this one off um at the uh, the St. Talbot's Club in Geneva and uh and and I love this little reference you know basically we'd heard a bit about Celeste before and um this is the first time we actually get to meet her and um they talk about uh, being recommended for this assignment, Miss Ms. Rockford, and of course a nod to the fact that it's a private detective character. And yeah, the Rockford Files. Indeed, Go Jim indeed. Garner. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, of course, Rock Celeste Rockfish. So, um, so she's there meeting with uh, with Sunboy Dirk Morgna and um, Fabio Dirk Morgna. <laughs> yes, yes, he he has uh, he's got himself some some romance novel cover hair here. Um, and, um, and he talks about how she had investigated this paternity suit. Um, you know, so, so this is, this is just typical Dirk, right? Yeah. Shocking. 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 But basically, um, what, what she's been hired for is to find Roxas. And, uh, this ties into, uh, into the, the, you know, EarthGov, EarthGov wants him bad, some boy wants him bad because Block was his teammate and his friend, and uh, so he wants her to go out there and uh, and bring him in. Um, of course, listening in is uh, Cersei, 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 yeah, Cersei, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cersei. So she's she's listening in, um, and uh, she's smoking one of those uh, little uh, Silk Spectre cigarettes. <laughs> and see, there's the see, there's the Watchmen influence all over again. 
Yep. Um, and uh, yes, and and this hooded figure reveals himself to be a dominator, and um, and basically, you know, again, it's the worrying about you know, uh, Dirk starts uh, starts hitting on Celeste, and um, uh, Cersei is just like, uh, you know, no, no woman's gonna fall for that tripe, um, <laughs> and. You know the the concern is that that uh, that now that the, apparently the Daily Planet has linked uh, Roxas' account to EarthGov mm. you know, because of course they basically hired uh, him to go out and uh, and and you know stop this whole Legion getting together thing and uh, he kind of went off book so um, so Celeste is going to investigate this and uh, the dominators really want to make sh- are telling seriously you better make sure this all works out well or uh, there's going to be trouble for you. And um so she's heading heading back and she asks her probe to get her the Aaron file. Of course that would be Siobhan. And she says how she's she's damn tired of cleaning up after the after those bumbling goons. Time to get on to something that matters. Like Morgan is precious little Schwan Aaron. <laughs> He'll learn not to turn to jelly every time he runs into a sympathizer with a, pl- a pretty complexion. Damn him anyway. Never took me to the St. Talbot's Club. Aha. And he never will, honey. In- Jealous. Indeed. And off we go to Tharn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here we are in Tharn. Tharn. <laughs> um, and uh, basically we've got... Um, uh, we've got... Uh, um, Mordrew sitting here talking to one of his probes and talking about how they've, they don't come to thank me. They don't come to congratulate me from saving this world from the Kun menace. They don't come to apologize for their past affronts. As always, they come to take something that is mine. They come to take her by force when she's staying of her own free will. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. Free yes. will's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a loose term. It's being, it's being used very loosely. In, indeed. But, uh, apparently it's the Durling for roofies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Little yes. JHB in the magic cauldron. <laughs> Here we call them free, free will. will. <laughs> so yes, the Durlin has petitioned for an audience, and um, and uh, yeah, Mordrew. It's got not two thousand signatures. Because let's think about <laughs> this, right? I mean, you know, Mordrew, who once ruled the ruled the world in an alternate universe. You know, now he's got to put up with this kind of crap. You got to be kidding. And he sa- he says, you know, do they really think that I'm going to just give up what they want? You know, they want to negotiate, but I, I have power. Yeah. And so he sends the probe away and tells him to get Rykos or, you know, Clytus. Um, Rykos. <laughs> he says, I need to consult with someone who doesn't tremble before me yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, he didn't have the chili, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get over to uh, to uh, Kono, and not pleased with the uh, the stuff she's having to wear here, and mm. um, and she's not really that impressed with just with the 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 whole place in general, and um, and it's just kind of her whole uh, her whole you know. Uh, up with women kind of thing here going and uh she's like males maybe they just need a little old-fashioned femme prodding maybe i can make that cute girl and change colors again <laughs> so we, we we cut to uh to cam uh arguing with joe saying you talk me into bringing on a, along a sclarian raider and of course we had seen the sclarians before as we as we spoke about but uh never quite with as much character as as kono now kono's the best 
in score. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, and he yeah. says, and then you turn her loose on this unsuspecting planet. And he said, what can I say? Kona goes where Kona wants to go. And <clears> Rock's <throat> hearing this just like, uh, Um, so she shows up and uh, says hey don't wet your pants I'm here and he says where the NAS have you been we have rules around here you know and uh, she's hearing nothing of it she she throws him a raspberry and uh, and Joe just thinks this is the greatest thing ever and uh, but uh, Cam is somewhat incensed so um, Rock wants to get down to business so he says basically you know he's not going to just hand her over what are we going to do and, uh, and, you know, Cam's pretty, pretty much sure he'll be able to just turn on the old Daggle family charm and uh, take care of it all. This is nothing. You know, he's negotiated <laughs> against much tougher than this. So he's just going to go in there and ask him. And, uh, and, and Joe points out, you're playing him for a sucker, Cam. Mordrew is no sucker. And so um, we, the probe, of course, not shocking, is is listening in on this. They're bugged. And he says, if he doesn't agree, then we do what we came to do. We attack. I don't hear a better plan. I'm not sure <laughs> that's the brightest idea I've ever heard. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Mordrew pissed off, says, you know, I think we need to show them who they're dealing with here. I think the beauty of Mordrew in this, these ones is he never looks like he's pissed off. Yeah. He's just smiling to himself. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's show them. Let's show them who's who here. He looks a little Santa Claus without He's the, very um, Santa Claus. the red suit. Very much. You know, the thing is, we've got it. We've got Father an, Christmas. Yeah, yes. Father Christmas. We've no, got an older. We've got an older Mordrew, and 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 he really looks his age. You know, yeah. like there's 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 scenes where he speaks, where where you know you just see that's that sort of uh, that, you know that that uh, the you you can feel the wrinkles in his skin, even even those that aren't drawn there. You just you just get that feeling of. Of the gauntness, uh-huh. yeah, he's old. Yeah, and I always kind of got the impression from these issues that he's not necessarily super evil at this point. <laughs> he's just kind of—I don't know. Well, he's, like all—all all of the best supervillains are not villains because they want to do evil things. It's because they feel that they are the best people to do the job. He feels that he's right. the best person to do the job. He's most qualified, and he's gonna. Keep, he's got things under control. You know? Yeah, it's the Doom and Luthor argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's that. It's that we don't wake up and say, "Yeah, ah, uh, uh, what evil uh, deed am I gonna do today?" And and, but but with Mordru, any character, any characterizations we'd read of him before, he was totally that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, he was not just evil; he was evil. Oh, wow. With his pinky to his lips. <laughs> indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. And, and Here so, he just seems kind of content. Yeah, he's kind of got his thing going. He doesn't want anyone screwing around with it. That's mm. uh, Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally see that. It's, it's a very different Mordrew. It's very it's much... It's a different continuity. Well, absolutely. and it, it, But, you know, it, it kind of seems like a, you know, look at The Sopranos, right? Tony was always a always a bad guy, but there That's were times just it was his job. Yeah, yeah, and there were times where it's like, hey, he actually seems like not such a bad guy, um, but he was, <laughs> mm. you know. And it's and 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 I think that it is it is very much that uh, you know, hey, he knows he knows what he wants to control in in uh, the world of magic, and he's got his sorcerer's planet, and he's quite happy with that. And, um, and, and, you know, so, and, you and he's got his concubines and he's got, he's got Misa, 
And, uh, you know, hey, everyone back off. You know, this is what I've got and this is what it is. <laughs> leave me alone. Just leave the ladies here. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they, there's a, a commercial on one of the hollow vids about, um, about edible garters that you can get along with some, uh, some lingerie. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and Kono's just loving that. And there's, there's Furball in behind. Um, yes, always let the Wookiee win. And, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I love their sort of conversation. It is very much, Han, you know, Han and Chewie, right? Yeah. Uh, where, yeah. you know, where she, she understands exactly, <laughs> exactly, you know, well, well, don't look at me. I think it's a dumb idea too. <laughs> That's what I like about youth, the furball, always spoiling for action when the other males are <laughs> flapping their yaps. So, um, Anyway, at that moment, something happens. <gasps> and we're seeing memories, basically. And, and, and mm. each, each character, each major character here gets, gets their own little flashback. And so we start off with, uh, with a little bit of background. Again, this is a lot of information imparted in these sort of, you know, very elliptical panels uh, as, we, as we go through it. Elliptical phrasing, you know, again. Um, just, just the salient points, you know. That basically, she's on this ship. She was only five. They attacked this ship called the uh, the Golden Lady, mm. and um, and had, and they killed her. And basically, they boarded the ship and killed her mother. And uh, you know, she's got these these powers, but uh, you know, she doesn't know how to control them yet. And um, and it looks, yeah, this guy looks like he's uh, he's got her where he wants her, and he's he's in and. and He's he's here about to rape her, and he says, "This is how we do it on Rimbor," and uh, and then Ew. it goes bad from there. Um, I, I'm I'm guessing that's where she learned to use her powers. Yeah. Um, then we we uh, we cut to uh, to Cam, and um, he's on the bridge of passage on Durla. And we actually saw this. Uh, we saw the thing where he, where he went for the duel for his tribal rights. Um, that was just before Great Darkness, or after it was three yeah, or right after. just after. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because yeah, because he'd that, gone he was... back to get his powers back. Right. Yes. Because before that, he was otherwise engaged. Um, yeah. <laughs> he mm. was in jail. So yeah. that... Anyway, <laughs> he was. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was making big uh, space rocks into little space rocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> So here he is back again, and it's his brother, his dead brother. And he says, only through death is there life, is there death, is there life. Only through death can the strength of the line stay alive. And, um, and so basically, again, it's, this sort of flashes back to the old ways on, on Durla and the old ways of battle. Interesting as he's about to go into something where he's negotiating, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so he's, he's sort of seeing this, this old ancient way that was foolish and barbaric. And, um, and so that all, that all happens. Then we get back to, uh, to Joe, and he's in the Space Dragon. You know, of course, mm. this is how he got his uh, his powers. So we're, we're sort of looking at they're they're all flashing back to pivotal events in their lives, and for him, the pivotal event was when he got his powers in that space dragon, and um, and here he is in the, in the space dragon. But of course, before he was in a speeder, and it's not like it wasn't like this at all. 
but but now it is. And um, or more juice starts taking liberties with them. So exactly, exactly, yeah. he puts them in these situations that were important to them, and then makes them darker. And this is kind of uh, this is very similar to his origin in the Archie Legion. Oh, very much. Even even the way it's drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, now in this one, he goes back there and and he finds Tinya's body, and um, and so you know this is this is the the little twist that Mordru has added to it, hmm. and then we uh, then we get Rock's flashback, and of course this all ties back to the uh, to the Brawlimsky and more, and um, uh, you know dealing with all, all the stuff back at uh, at Venado Bay and. Uh, and so they talk about this horrible Imskian weapon, which is, of course, the, the damper field that they talked about uh, in, in, back in issue two. And, um, but he's got to get back. He's got to uh, report. And he goes, they talk about this, the troop station at, at Venado Bay, decimated, massive casualties. And then he sees Magnetic Kid. And, uh, and he's like, wait, you know, it's, it's Paul, it's my own brother. And he says, it can't be. And this is where he kind of breaks out of the illusion. He says, of course not, stupid Mordrew. <laughs> I love that, stupid Mordrew. Um, he says, they didn't kill me, Magnetic Kid at Venado Bay. They killed Cosmic Boy. You hear me, Mordrew? They killed Cosmic mm-hmm. Boy. He says, you went too far this time, Mordrew. You went too far. And he rebels against mm-hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the flashback. Now, and here's where we get a really important one. Yeah. <clears throat> we know that this is uh, Furball's flashback. Yep. And they talk about, uh, uh, and he said, you know, he's like, that's it, easy now. No, no, no. There are no androids in the facility. The doctor will be here. <laughs> so, I, I love that. It's just. Um, well, it makes complete sense. It if, makes total you know. sense. And uh, and so he says, you know, the sedatives seem to be working fine. He says, no, I assure you, that wasn't an android. No androids in the facility. The radiation <laughs> he took at Black Dawn. Black mm-hmm. Dawn. We will hear more about that as we go further in. Yes, we uh, will. Caused ir- they're basically irreversible damage, and we see Doctor Gimmel, and he says, <laughs> "All damage is reversible. You just, I just haven't looked hard enough for, just haven't looked hard enough for a way." And again, back to the whole thing about, um, um, you know, androids in the fa- in the uh, in, no androids in the facility. They take a look, and he says, "Ooh, hasn't been quite this severe." And he says, deterioration of Bryn Londo has reached severe proportions. Hard to believe that he used to be Timberwolf. Mm. And so that's this is I where... Went, you have got to be kidding me. Because I had no clue. I yeah. totally checked out on Furball being Timberwolf. I really did. I was like, oh, it's a new character. Yay. You know. Mm. And now, then they pulled this. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. There are people <laughs> who talked about not realizing it was him until much later. And it's like, how could you have missed it? It was right there. It was right here. Yeah. That's yeah. where that... Yeah, so uh, it's where I do in, but still, I it was they totally hid him in in complete plain sight. It's like, oh great, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's Timberwolf now, wonderful, absolutely. Um, so we, then we get into the uh, into the uh, the the pleasure gardens at the Palace <laughs> of Mordru after digital justice. <laughs> Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah! You gotta love that. Look at look at that. Written and drawn on a computer. <laughs> That's crazy. They wrote it on a computer too. Wow! Madness. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> funny, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so we 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 see Misa, who looks very different than what we're used to, because of course we're used to the White Witch that we saw. Um, 
in uh, you know in great darkness and and from there on we're using and, we're used to glenda the good witch not yeah it, well exactly and and we're not used to her sort of being in a regular humanoid form mm-hmm. and uh it's been a long time since we've seen her like that and she had that sort of stranger thing with a little antenna around the eyes the whole bit um and and so we hear her basically she's coming out with she's reciting some of the lines from uh from the uh the visions that the other legionnaires are having and um you know <laughs> one of the other girls is like asking you know what's it like uh you know we would be thrilled if Mordred confided in us but all you do is complain mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so basically you know all of a sudden it just shows that even in the garden of Mordred it's still high school um mm-hmm. Well, see, this girl kind of reminds me of that Legion applicant Lamprey. Very yeah, much. Sanders. Very much. And uh, in, in fact, I, I, I thought at first that it was, but then it was just like, I think they would have come back to it if it was. I think yeah. they would have dropped something um, to hint to that. She, she's obviously an Orion Swave girl. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where's Kirk? Quick, get Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, then she'll die. Um <laughs> anyway, so she opens her eyes, you know, big old black eyes. She's sweating bullets here and uh, and still basically reciting all of these lines. So clearly she's somehow tied into these visions. Then we get to the most exclusive clothier on core, Chadwick's. And um, Roxas is in there buying some new uh, some new clothes. New pirate and, clothes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and uh, he's asking, you know, he thinks, oh, this looks great. He says uh, he says to to the clerk, you know, don't you agree? And he says, oh, absolutely, sir. Beyond doubt, most attractive. Um, oh. And I love this. Ha, you look like a Rimborian pimp with a dead babooch on your back. <laughs> oh, not <laughs> nice. And babooch. A babooch. Mm. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so we, we basically look, and it seems that all of the other uh, clerks have uh, not fared so well. Um, clearly, this is, uh, you know, the performance evaluation is rough. Um, Very. We see a little <laughs> stack of bodies that, uh, that he's left. So we're back on Earth, and we're at the, uh, the Rockfish um, Detective Agency, and, and basically uh, Celeste is talking to... Uh, someone else. Um, and this is uh, and this is this is our first meeting with Bounty. Mm-hmm. And the quicker picker upper. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, so they're they're trying to find a flight to Trom, and apparently this she is picks up be... anti energy like nobody's business, baby. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah. So they're they're gonna go to they're gonna try and get a flight to Trom, but there are no flights to Trom as it turns out. And they talk about the the caretaker there has been known to uh, vaporize visitors. And she says, what, are you kidding? He's an ex-legionary. He wouldn't vaporize a microbe, would he? Foreshadowing. Indeed. (laughs) And and, uh, Bounty says, legionnaires have been known to crack up. So uh, she says, well, you know, I can't believe that Janara is is, uh, insane. And she's looking for a gun. She says, okay, we got to get there. And... um, of course, we'll never know what this genera is like, will we? And um, it's just because we don't have a snowball's chance on Thar of getting to Trom. And then we see someone else coming to the door, and we'll get to know him uh, shortly as well. Uh, just coming to the door, and it, it says, ah, open, are they? And, she, and Bounty saying, well, boss, maybe something will come up. And of course, <laughs> perhaps that's what's at the He's got there. Karate Kid's hair. Yeah, very much. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
so we uh, we end up with a newsreel basically going over what's what's happened in, in on core. Turns out more than two dozen employees and customers feared dead. Um, and science police have refused to comment on reports that the uh, suspected gunman is Roxas. And they show uh, an image of Roxas looking much less insane. Mm. And how they talk about how he's basically in uh, um, being sought for questioning in connection with Block's uh, death. And um, and then left also left unanswered is exactly what connection exists between Roxas and EarthGov. And uh, then they get into something about the Daily Planet reporting. And we we sort of saw a bit of that in the uh, in some of the text pieces. And uh, the the dominators are watching this and they're pissed, and um, you know they're just they're just like you know this planet does not have the kind of dental floss we prefer, and um, it needs to be very very good. <laughs> Must be minty. <laughs> you see broccoli. <laughs> Check my teeth. Oh my, and uh, so they talk about the uh, you know basically how. Uh, you know, we uh, when they talk about this Celeste Macaulay, they said her investigation must must convince all that no connection exists. Is that and we Celeste must... Macaulay? Yeah. Hmm. Isn't okay. that interesting? Why is she calling yeah. herself Rockfish then? Hmm. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Because they do get into that. Um, yeah. Um, so they say that we must make the humans believe that she's Earth's greatest detective since Wayne. Oh, yes. Call back. Call back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They're, they're like, we just read Digital digital Justice, and it was, like, written awesome. and drawn on a computer. It, it was, was so, so cool, man. <laughs> Early. Well, well, there was the the Detective Wayne in the uh, Eye for an Eye also. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um... So we get into talking about the press release that's going to come out from uh, from Dirk because he is basically the shill for the uh... <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get to we we get back to Tharn and we see the um, uh, the legionnaires still writhing in the throes of their uh, of the of these delusions that they've been put under, and. Um, Vrykos goes in and uh, in classic, uh, this is kind of, it, it takes a bit from the classic Giffen style at the time of the foreheads with, uh, with you know, the face in shadows, but they kept his face in shadows. And I love that. Um, <laughs> so he says, uh, basically, they talk about, you know, the this is the bane of the emperor's existence. And the, mm. the guards are like, well, who wouldn't be overpowered by the mighty Morju's in, in, incantations? Well, true. But still, he says, Somehow I'd anticipated a bit more. So mm. he says, you know, basically subdue and uh, secure them. So they make with the knockout gas and they take out uh, Kono. And they said, yes, yeah, more celebrity tenants for the dungeon. Except for Kryn. The emperor has taken an interest in him. Oh my. That can't be good. Exactly. Uh. Then we land on Jezebel, which is the third moon of Tharn. And what mm. do we see? We see a blonde in a red cape. <sighs> Uh-huh. With a uh-huh. headband. <laughs> yeah, with a headband, uh, indeed. With, with indeed. 80s style feathered hair. Oh, Farrah yeah. Farrah hair. Yeah, total Farrah. She's totally rocking the Farrah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so um, she talks when about. You thought your continuity couldn't get more screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, yes. 
So, um, so Misa has fallen under Mordru's c- control. Then Rond goes in after, ends up captured himself, and of, and we actually did see that before before the uh, the reboot. Mm-hmm. And she says, and now this more of my old teammates at Mordru's mercy. If Mordru wasn't holding all the cards before, he sure is now. All except one, me. And that's when we get the reveal of her face, and we think, oh, could it be? Could it really be? Maybe not. Um, Maybe. Turns out <laughs> her her outfit a little more revealing. Uh, once she takes Didn't the they cape say off, they were going to call her flying buttress and <laughs> that was that was the ongoing joke absolutely okay. says and i can't hold back any longer things are getting out of hand never mind that mordrew has the one power that can threaten me mm, she must be kryptonian or something mm. so she says like it or not it's time to roll the dice and pray for sevens so um then we see a, a, a ship that uh, that has seen better days a jalopy. Yeah, uh, entering orbit around Trom. The uh, the owner of the ship is a Mister Wizen, obviously a, a interesting. Wizenheimer. Well, or I was thinking too, Mort Weisinger. Um, uh, true. And uh, so, because it is a Daily Planet, uh, he says, "You and the Daily Planet have done plenty for me in the past, Devlin. I don't mind returning a favor, but next time you need a lift, can we just pick some place be- besides Trom?" <laughs> and um, you know everybody's Please. worried about the the caretaker. Like he's crazy, this caretaker. <laughs> and uh, the 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 guy, Mister Wise, and actually, what he reminds me of is, and and, and if you haven't seen Faulty Towers, you won't get this. But mm. there was a a guy named O'Reilly who used to do uh, all the the home repairs, and uh, and that's that's who I always thought of. That's that's the voice I heard in my head when I was reading uh, Wise's uh, stuff. <laughs> and um, I always I I read him as the uh, I don't know. Uh, Damn it, I don't know the actor's name. He's a character actor. You see him in a whole bunch of movies. He was in uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. He was the uh, the guy that the guy that got shot, uh, or he got he was being dragged by uh, the one dude, and he's got both the guns, and he's just, they're down in the sewers, and he's just shooting, shooting, and then he finally gets eaten by the zombies. And uh, yeah, I know who you what? mean. <laughs> That's was, so vague. I can't even. I know. I know. You, you, There's <laughs> this guy in a zombie movie and he's shooting with a gun. And he gets killed. The, oh. only, the only other movie I can remember <laughs> being in is uh, Jason X. And I'm pretty sure nobody saw that. So oh, yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. I have a friend who worked on that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that is my favorite of the Jason franchise. One, so one of the guys awesome. I did a short, a short, a short film with last year worked on that movie. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so cheesy. I love it. It's like, yeah, it's like what happens if Jason gets loose on a uh, Starfleet, basically a Starfleet ship. Yeah, totally. Well, of course he, he we wreaks, go, wreaks havoc. You know, wreak havoc, yeah, totally. It was fun. Is anyone surprised <laughs> by that? Wreak havoc, Jason. There you go. There's your mm. job description. So, of course, I'm here in Wizen with the, with the Irish accent, but I think that's more... Um, appropriate for Devlin. And um, so he says it's his understanding that General was a fine hero in his day. And um, and they basically say, you know, hey, nobody gets off trauma alive. So mm-hmm. he's like, I'll give you three hours and then I'm out. The um, actor's name is Boyd Banks, by the way. <laughs> there, Boyd we go. Banks. there we go. Wow. Boyd Banks. He's been in a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Phil the Alien. But he kind of looks like Colin Mockery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Harold and Kumar. Oh. Which one? <laughs> the first one. Awesome. Sorry, go ahead. 
so uh <laughs> so and and yeah this ship is in bad repair it makes it makes the millennium falcon look you know sleek and uh and mm. all set up and good to go and so he says well three hours ought to be plenty and don't worry about us he says that bounty could be wrestling the monster of clonicality clonicality bay himself and be eating him for breakfast the next morning uh. so he says don't you worry just worry about keeping the ship and then the lights are out <laughs> Um, so the, uh, the <laughs> we're going to die out here. I just know it. And the lights come back on and there's Celeste and mm. Bounty and Bounty is, uh, you know, it's, it's the nineties. She's dealing with, she's getting a, a big gun all set up mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. big gun and a bikini. Yeah, exactly. It's really what the nineties were all about, wasn't it? <laughs> and, and Pretty if you much. look, Celeste has pouches. So <laughs> in one in one uh, panel yes, we got it all does, covered Paul. yes she does <laughs> um and it looks oh, like she's what what was it uh what was it the luke used to try shooting at was it womp rats, womp rats. yeah womp rats yeah so it looks like she's taken out some womp rats as well and um so so she said that basically and we get to the reason why they're going to trom and it's because you know if anybody knows about roxas it's it's element lad it's it's Janera. And uh, so he must know Roxas inside and out, or at least want to help us track him down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. As it turns out, Bouncy, a little bit self-involved. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. She's busy shooting womp rats. <laughs> She's a little aloof. Exactly. So mm. we uh, we get a little. So she, then the lights go out again. Yeah, we're definitely gonna die out here. Um, <laughs> so we see Tron, uh, one of the Gandian worlds. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds interesting. That sounds important too. That sounds like someone got seated. Gandian. <laughs> hmm. Where, 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 where's that name come from? Oh, seated hard. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, they said, said the hardy century settlers discovered Trom's unique radiation was imbuing them with the power to transmute the elements. Aided by those powers, they built a beautiful, deeply spiritual civilization, one that was quickly, suddenly brought down in ruins when the police, when people refused to submit to a ruthless band of space pirates. And of course, we saw that play out uh, in when we uh, when we got to uh, to that story in the retro reviews. Mm. What, yes. What issue is that there in three oh three oh seven? Which one? I'm so. sorry. With uh, with Roxas. The first Roxas story. Yeah. The 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 first one. Yeah, something like that. Three yeah, or six, like three that. or seven. Yeah. Yeah. From Adventure, right? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking about oh, sorry. Legion. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I, I got a little <laughs> confuzzled in it's my like, head. Wait a second. That was o- that was Omen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, Tron wasn't in that story. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, Roxas, of course, dreamed of using the Tromite's power to amass great wealth. When they refused, he annihilated the race. One Tromite survived the massacre. And we get to see... Uh, one, one Tromite. Uh, 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 we, we get to see Element Lad in his, uh, in his you know, mid-70s element. gear with the, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the big old long hair and the, uh, the arrow going up. Yep, the way it should be. Who can transmute elements? intended. <laughs> this, yeah, <laughs> who's got two thumbs and can transmute elements? This guy. This guy. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> uh, although I don't recall him ever having that kind of long hair in the. Uh, oh, totally. No, he totally did. Earth War. Really? Oh yeah, he had long hair. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until he got the perm, basically, that that went away. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, he had that going from, uh, uh, you know, in the. 
I guess the early to mid two hundreds. Like we well, we definitely had it during Earth War, and that's like the two forties. So. Yep. Okay. So to, uh, today the planet lies silent and desolate. It's millions of beautiful sarin crystals marking the spot where each victim fell, and um, and so basically, uh, you know, in this talk about talk about solitary. So uh, you know, this is where where Janara is now. He quietly keeps watch over this eerie cemetery world, and that that comes to us courtesy of another UP minute history. <laughs> mm. And we get an ad for Gothic, which was the second arc in uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Oh. Morrison and Jansen. It was, it, was, it was kind of a neat story, I thought. <laughs> um, I the, art, the art's a little tough, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it turns out that they, when they downloaded this to their, uh, to their Omnicom, it cost them 30 credits. And so... Um, Those bastards. Yeah, and she's like, that told us nothing. Nothing we didn't already know. And um, so, uh, <laughs> yes, and we get everything will work out fine, Miss Rockford. That's Rockfish. Um, so they said, Rockfish I, files. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't worry about us finding him. I'd worry about him finding us. Bouncy, I wish you'd stop talking like that. And so they're looking <laughs> at these crystals and saying, wow, you know, that these, these are beautiful. Do you realize what each of these is worth? And... She says, Devlin, don't touch it. And he says, what's wrong? He'll vaporize us all. And then we hear, we get a voice from behind them saying, so now I'm vaporizing trespassers, am I? Mm. And then we see him. There's Jana Ra. And he says, sorry to sneak up on you folks, but most of my visitors are looking to scavenge, you know. Go ahead and touch the mon- monuments that you, if you like. Just don't take any. I'm a little sensitive about respect for the dead. On Trom, that's all we have left. Yeah. Aw. Like there's John Element Bond- Lad. <laughs> Looking very much like a uh, a Jewish scholar from the ancient days, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> with his staff. The staff. And yeah, the... <laughs> totally, totally. So we get uh, on the text pages, we get one that talks about how Mordru returned to power on the sorcerer's world. So, you know, they fill in a bit of the background as to, you know, what, what basically happened. They, they mentioned the Mystic Wars. And, and the subsequent collapse of the UP economy and how basically the sorcerer's community relocated to Tharn and, um, and you know, and basically that's when it came easy. You know, basically Mordru showed up and got rid of the guns for them. And so they said, okay, you, 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 you win. <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> then we get the last days of Daxum. And, uh, the, and this gives mm. us a bit of background because, you know, stuff has changed with Largand, right? And, yep. and we know this, and they talk a little bit about the whole Eltrogan thing and the dislodging of the pers- of the personality, and uh, how that tied into sort of why he went nuts during uh, the Baxter run. And uh, then they they mention um, his emergence from the thousand year exile in the in the Bugetzel buffer zone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Not the Phantom Zone. Hmm. Of course not. That's no. strange. What's that all about? Um, and then they talk about how he, you know, came out of that a, a, a change yet equally heroic figure, um, and basically how he was, you know, he was a big deal before that. Mm. And um, you know, they talk about his his wife. They talk about uh, about Glorith and how Glorith had left him in in ghastly condition. It's like Glorith. Well, we saw her, but um, and you know, they talk about the uh, his his legendary exploits in the twentieth century. And, um, and so we start seeing, you know, these are the things that have been replaced and we don't know, we don't know fully what yet, but, uh, but apparently that was a big deal. And, um, 
And so they talk again about the uh, the Great Collapse, and they mention briefly the third great survivor of the 20th century, Dev M. He's known to have lived beyond the destruction of Daxam and has long been linked to the Interstellar Counterintelligence Corps, but no information on his whereabouts. Mm. Mm. Well, of course uh, not. He's a spy. You, know, you don't know where he is. <laughs> Mr. He's James Bond. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on there with, uh, with, uh, with you know, with 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 Monel and and stuff that you know to which we're not yet privy, and um, you know, and 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 that's going to be a big deal later on for sure. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and it, and and it's it's. I don't think we really get a full idea. I think we get a bit of an idea in in issue eight. But beyond that, we don't really find out too much until uh, until the annual, and then we kind of get the whole mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole deal basically as to what's going on. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's number six, and of course we have that uh, that Felix Faust homage in just slightly gorier form. <laughs> yeah, and, from uh, Justice League of America number ten is that issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Homage. Yeah, so for, the, um, for those who wanted to look it up, you know. So Mordru, uh, basically, um, Tom Beerbaum said that there are those who questioned the use of Mordru uh, and building him into this colossal force destined to conquer the universe, unless epic counterforces could be marshaled to oppose him. And he says clearly, certainly, that's a stretch based on the character's previous depictions. I think two things steered us in this direction: the first being that in his initial definitive appearance, Mordru was really about as formidable a foe as the Legion had ever faced. Shooter strove to really make you feel like this guy was way beyond your average Legion villain when he showed the few remaining Legionnaires fleeing through time rather than facing him directly. And he says, okay, the character has since never really lived up to that advanced billing, but it seemed like a great challenge to see if we could help him actually achieve that degree of formidability. So, uh, and, um, so that's kind of what's going on with him. And I'm just trying to get back to, I just want to get to some of his, his reflections on, <clears throat> okay, so some of his reflections on issue six. Um, he said, this is where we shifted back to the regular storyline after the, uh, after the um, disruption of issue four, when the old timeline was destroyed, and issue five, where, of course, we saw the new timeline get put together. So, of course, we know, and we'll, we'll know, by next issue as well, that, uh, that 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 blonde woman that we saw was Laurel Gand, a new character who was created when the timeline shifted, though in issue six we never name her, and I can see why a lot of people assume she was Supergirl. Mm. Well, because she basically was. <laughs> Looked just like her, yeah. And replaced maybe. her in the continuity. Um, this, also, this issue also introduces Al Gordon's character, Celeste Rockfish. Initially, she's working as a private detective, and EarthGov hires her to track down Roxas, who murdered Block in number three, and to find out who got Roxas sprung from prison. So it goes through that the plan is basically get Celeste to prove that, uh, that uh, Roxas acted alone and wasn't connected to EarthGov, um, and, but make her look like she's a really great detective so that this mm. isn't an issue. And she's working with Bounty. And let's let. Mm. Why don't we hold off on just getting specific? Yeah, we, about we can hold off on, yeah. on bounty. I think. Um, it'll no, become more apparent. I've always wondered: is this bounty re- bounty related to the version of bounty that had appeared in the in the early Grell era? Not I don't sure. Know. Um, it doesn't mention it here, but um, 
perhaps because I know there was a bounty at that time, but yeah. I've never known if there was actually a connection. And that wouldn't be uh, that wouldn't be unlike them to pull that out, really. Right. Right. right? Uh, so yeah, hmm, so it's interesting. Um. So then they had, uh, of course, Devlin Orion, who we just met. He was a cub reporter for the Daily Planet. Um, he says, though I think to though I think it's fair to say Devlin never really caught on with the fans. He did serve a function for me, being him being a teenager and a very upbeat and idealistic person who injected some good old fashioned Legion spirit into the proceedings. As far as I was concerned, um, Keith, however, had uh, some trouble working with Devlin because he just couldn't get his hands around somebody who was supposed <laughs> to be a nice guy who got along with everyone. Keith wanted conflict <laughs> and disagreement to drive the scenes. And whenever he'd try to give me something about Devlin that would lead in that direction, I'd just say, no, he's a nice guy and wouldn't be arguing and fighting with the other people. But Keith did manage to generate pretty consistent conflict with the character, and it was fun to use the dialogue to then steer things a bit back to the direction of what I envisioned for Devlin. By having him try to resolve those conflicts in polite, respectful, and upbeat terms, or at least to come up mm. with good reasons why this generally good-natured character would blow his cool... In number six, Devlin's naive optimism gets Celeste and Bounty into a bind when he provides them transportation to Trom on an ancient malfunctioning ship. All the hard-bitten, grizzled characters are at wit's end and snapping at each other while Devlin is trying to assure everyone that things are going to work out just fine. Mm. Um, so they talk about working in the early issues uh, to introduce the new characters, and uh, they said, of course, this would have been number five without the shift in timeline. So clearly things, you know, they, they, that that's part of why things got interrupted because they got told, fix this now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said he introduced Celeste, Bounty, and Devlin and had our third appearance of Kono and the second appearance of the vampire like Vrykos, who at the time was intended to eventually become a legionnaire. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow, awesome. And he says, and honestly, nah, I, think I don't only, think so. Mm-mm. We could honestly, totally get all those Twilight fans in on it. Man, uh, crossover uh, potential is enormous. Kill me now, no. Uh-uh. And we and we already have Timberwolf for the uh, or furball for the uh, or the werewolf. Part. There you go. Which means we we need a cyborg. Oh look, their ox available. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slap a bunch of glitter on Vrykos, and we're all set to go. Oh, man. So he says that he thinks the only character who seems in any way tacked on is Bounty, with all the rest being pretty strongly realized characters that served important and unique roles in the storyline. So the highlight, he says, the highlight of this issue is the series of uh, nightmares that Mordrew puts Rock, Cam, Joe, Kono, and Furball through. We get some key flashes into the characters' background, seeing another glimpse of the horrors that Rock experienced of Venato Bay during the Brawl Imps War. We experience a twisted retelling of Joe's origin inside the Ultra Energy Beast, and we find out that Cam, in adolescence, survived a deadly rite of passage on Primitive Durla, where he was forced to duel his brother to the death. We get a a snippet of Kono's unorthodox childhood as she traveled with her mother and other female supremacist pirates, and at the age of five, killed a science police officer to save her mother. And most importantly, we get a scene where, if the re- readers really think it through and figure out what, what's going mm-hmm. on in our always complex storyline, we indicate very specifically that the furball creature is actually Bryn Londo, Timberwall. Mm-hmm. It says, so the issue shows five Legion characters together getting ready to confront Mordrew, and then Mordrew sending the five of them into Nightwear Worlds where they re- relive some terrible trauma of their earlier lives in five one-page vignettes. And one of the five nightmares very clearly belongs to Bryn Londo, so a sharp... Re- reader realizes that there's a page for Rock, page for Cam, page for Joe, page for Kono, Kono and a fifth page for Bryn Londo. Since Furball is with them and there's no other fifth character to account for this nightmare vignette, it stands to reason that Furball is Timberwolf. 
especially since Furball has has uh, tufts of hair that are more than a little reminiscent of the hairstyle Cockrum gave T.W. Mm-hmm. So, see, the clues were all there. She says, I don't really remember, but it seems like not many readers uh, were able at this point to put all of that together and deduce that Furball was Timberwolf. And um, so Cam's brother, Lig, Lig, was is named for uh, one of the APA guys, former interlacker John Liggett. And he says, this was appropriate for two reasons. The first being that Cam was one of John's favorite Legion characters. The other was that he John had a habit of killing off Superman in a cliffhanger series of challenge stories we ran in WAPA back in about 1979 or 1980. One of us would write a short chapter of a story starring the movie version of Superman and leave the hero in a cliffhanger situation and challenge someone to write the next chapter and get him out of the dilemma. Always mischievous, John would just kill off Superman and challenge the next writer to bring him back to life. <laughs> mm, hey, so, mm. so basically he was trying to be a DC editor. Yeah. Um, uh, so he says so it seemed appropriate to introduce a character based on John to the Legion universe and immediately kill him off and establish that he'd been dead for many years before we even heard about him <laughs> he says nevertheless nevertheless, we turned killing off John into a little tradition there was a Liggett <laughs> killed in the sewer monster issue of our run on Legionnaires and mm. I think we killed off other Liggett inspired characters in various other stories we did over the years he says another of my favorite stories from Legion 6 is where we is where the one where we see Misa and Mordru's harem being forced to experience all five of the nightmare vignettes at once. The winning touch to me is the green skinned valley girl combi- concubine who's <laughs> jealous of Misa and all the attention she gets from Mordru and who can't understand why Misa is why Misa is whining and unwilling to share what she's experiencing with the others. Misa's writhing in infinite agony and the green skinned airhead is sniping. This is why no one likes you. You won't share. <laughs> <laughs> Um, total total housewives of Mordru, isn't it? Totally. And <laughs> and and now here's something interesting. Um, with, with regards to Devlin Orion, he's um, of course cub reporter for the Daily Planet, as we saw in this issue. We were quickly told that we weren't allowed to use the Daily Planet, so we started nope. referring to Devlin as oh, a yeah, reporter. Oh yeah, I guess because it's related to Superman. Exactly. Yep. As a reporter for an interstellar wire service. Well, that makes no sense. I mean, the Daily Planet exists on Earth. Period. And and exactly. And his, uh. he, he says, I really regretted that change because I very much enjoyed seeing the Daily Planet around in the 30th century serving as a voice of freedom and defiance against the corruption of that EarthGov. Yeah, For example, totally. in this issue, the Dominator agent secretly running EarthGov must engineer a cover-up after investigative reporting by the Daily Planet links Roxas to EarthGov. So, so there you go. So, um... He goes on to say to come in again that Devlin was a reporter for the Daily Planet for his first several appearances, but we were asked to stop making that reference, and later on his work was credited to the Interstellar Press or something like that. I believe the Superman team felt, quite logically, that the Daily Planet was part of their mythos and we shouldn't be using it. I don't think it occurred to us to ask permission to use it, which wasn't very considerate of us, though it was logical for us to think that the mere existence of a news agency of the future using the same name as a great newspaper of the 20th century was a logical, simple idea that didn't impact on anyone else's continuity. And he's right. He says, but we really did work hard not to create any problems that could be avoided. So as soon as we learned that there was a feeling we shouldn't be using it, we stopped using it and started referring to it uh, as, as an Associated Press type wire service. Um, he says, I do think it's a shame that we stopped specifically using the Daily Planet name for exact. And, you know, the guy basically says, you know, why not? 
right? You know, yeah. what, what, mm-hmm. What's the problem? Could have um, renamed it Daily Galaxy or something. We would have gotten well, the idea. Yeah. And he says, I thought it was a great touch to show the planet rising to a challenge it couldn't really face in 20th century America. Well, serving as a real beacon of truth against a repressive, ruthless regime. To me, it's the greatest possible salute to what the planet was in the 20th century to show it doing tremendous good a thousand years into the future. Damn straight. But again, we could we should have been smarter about courtesy protocol and cha- protocol and chain of command. There's <laughs> protocol, there's chain of command, and then there's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, Overzealous editing. Yeah. Mm. And you know, and the, that's the same kind of overzealous editing that 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 ended up in the uh, Justice Society getting uh, killed off. Mm. I'm just mm. saying, and I think the same guy. <laughs> yeah, could be. So. Mm. I wonder how much of that was. Um, burn flipping out about it i think by that point very little because he was he was pretty much off um oh, was he off at then. this point yeah but they were following the blueprint that he'd laid down they were but it was yeah, uh they were it, it, it you know it was mike gold was uh was was or mike gold no um was it who was mike carlin he was yeah. the one who uh who was editing all the superman books at the time Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was the one that like there's there's a, a great story and I I can't remember if it was Wade telling the story if I, or if I read this um, I might have actually it might have been Len Straczynski who told this story because he was writing the Justice Society book that uh, with the Mike Paravac art that got canceled mm-hmm. and um, and and basically the big reason why that got the boot um, was was because. <laughs> Yeah, Carlin. <laughs> Carlin didn't want any. Uh, he didn't want any old geezer superheroes around anymore, and um, and and uh, you know, and so he he ordered them killed off in uh, in zero hour. You know, cut to like what five years later when that ends up being <laughs> five years later. <laughs> see, uh, yeah. when that, that that ends up becoming one of their top selling books for a number of years. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. What the editors don't know fit will. Uh... Save the world. Mm. Mm. Exactly. You could fill like a couple of a couple of omnibuy with uh, with what they don't know. Omnibuy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or right. omnicoms. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And they've got they've got probably a lot of memory because you know, you could make digital justice written mm, and on drawn a computer. on a computer. Craziness. <laughs> exactly. Absolute nuttiness right there. All right, who's doing number seven? I'll do it. All right. All I'll right, try. Scotty. I'll try to anyway. I am currently sitting on a fully functional recumbent bike, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're working it out, babies. Okay, so we have a cover of uh, Mice of the White Witch. She's uh, crying in a corner. I don't know. Something's wrong with her. W- women problems, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there is a pool of blood over there. There he goes. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't going to go. <laughs> Send all your complaints to Darren at legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no such thing as feminine hygiene products on Crossroads World. Lost daughter, we love you. Don't go away. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we open on Tharn. Ah, ha, this is beautiful. We see uh, Vrykos. He's... Uh, He's talking to himself, I guess. Bitching about how he's not allowed to uh, eat eat the legionnaires. This <laughs> <laughs> is the very he's least. Hungry. He could allow me to feed on one of them. Instead, I have to settle for this worthless trollop. The <laughs> worthless trollop that was given mice a hell in the uh, pleasure gardens is now been uh, 
sucked dry like a California raisin. <laughs> oh. And there's, mm. in the background we hear, boom, boom, boom. Doom. <laughs> Almost like doom. 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 It's like, <laughs> doom. <laughs> in the name of hell, what is going on out there? Oh, oh. <laughs> this looks well. interesting. And it turns out the doom noise was uh, Laurel Gans smashing, <laughs> smashing and bashing on the front door. <laughs> she she come and knocking and nobody answers, so she just let herself in. So uh, there's lots of exclamations about her being the Daxamite. Yes. What are we gonna do? Blah blah blah. And well, and she's taking off the red cape too. Yeah. So you can point, see her. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can see the. The booty shaking. So Vrykos is, of course, immensely pleased because now he gets to uh, have a fight worthy of his uh, his powers. He takes off his pirate shirt and he's got a big hole where his heart's supposed to be. No wonder he's so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> he's met up with a black lantern, apparently. <laughs> his heart will go three sizes in this story alone. So Laurel, Laurel makes her way through the... Uh, through the catacombs of Mordu's palace, I assume. And uh, she's feeling... Yep, the Escher land, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. horrible feeling of dread. She never should have waited so long to come after Rond. And she finds a pit, the pit where Rond Vidar is, and he's uh, apparently not in real good shape. Because mm. the little uh, munchy monster there has been chewing on him fairly <laughs> steadily. And, uh, uh, reminds me of those new Verizon commercials. Huh? <laughs> what? There's, there's like these Verizon commercials now that have little mouths that are attached to phones. Oh god! Oh, and people walk around without mouths on their yeah, face. Those are creepy commercials. Oh god! I thought you were saying there's these Verizon commercials where this guy gets tortured for thirty seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, he gets eaten during the commercial. Yeah, yeah. and not in a good way. Oh. She is, of course, horrified, and then suddenly from behind, boom. Rikos pushes her in the pit. <laughs> and he said, oh, <laughs> did we surprise well, you? Aerodynamically, she is kind of a mess back there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty easy to pop her in the butt. <laughs> so anyway, we track down this charming little creature. It has a startling appetite for human flesh. Get <laughs> 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 <And> starring <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> And, and and this is something important is that the guy says the lo- the young lovers reunited. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Who yes. knew, right? Yeah. I did. Because <laughs> I read it. <laughs> uh, so, Wafoosh. Oh, she uses her heat vision to, uh, I guess she's, does she, oh, she incinerates the little monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ah, okay. Monster go bye-bye. <laughs> heat vision. Very impressive. But you'll find my mystical abilities not so easily overcome. Why did you come down here, you bastard, and we'll find out? Yes, I think I'd enjoy that. We fight for it all. If you win, Bron Vidar is yours. If I win, well... <laughs> he gives that little uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show chuckle to yeah, himself. A little chuckle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Don't get your hopes up, pig. I am a Dexa. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he got can... her to monologue. Look at that. Yeah. 
So you want to play rough? We'll play rough. And so the massive fight ensues. Lots of diehard punching action going on. There you go. See, diehard always comes into it. <laughs> They're wrecking the joint. They will go into the, into the, I guess it's a sewer or a, I don't know, a pool of some it sort. Seems something like that. Yeah, because what it reminds me of is that whole Hellfire Club scene with Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're sloshing around in the water, a little bit of water sport action. And then <laughs> the pool collapses and they uh, get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> I went to the bad place. No. <laughs> the best thing, <laughs> that final panel on, uh, on page five there, it's got... A big shot of Laurel Gans crotch and bam! (laughs) 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 (sighs) Oh my. So we turn to page six and interlude. This is a one picture piece with uh, an accompanying text. This was kind of neat the way this. It was almost. Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. It just reminds me very much of the scroll that we saw at the beginning of issue five, obviously with the with more juice symbol at the at the top and bottom. But just sort of it, it kind of kicks it back into that, you know, time gone, times past kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, it's almost like uh, a gothic novel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yep. And I just it's, love that it's like Rock getting stuck with Elverbird breast again. Yep. <laughs> he's 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 been all duded up like a parrot, too. So, yeah. As befits a dinner guest, I guess. Yes. And it looks, of course, like the pirate shirt is pale scarlet, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Guess who's coming to dinner. (laughs) Rock's mind erased. Dinner. My God, he's feeding me dinner. (laughs) So, anxiously, Rock raised his eyes to gaze into Mordrews. I love you. No. Um, (laughs) God, I'm having dinner with Mordrew. Yes, uh, Elvabird breast. uh, Just fine. Rock perspired against the inside the ornate outfit he'd been dressed in. I should, I should be dead. Instead, he cleans me, shaves me, perfumes me. What the hell is his game? Um, it's a date. <laughs> Man date. Mm. <laughs> Romance. Just I'm, saying. <laughs> I must confess, my friend, that I've held a grudging admiration for your little group. The last black wine sparkled as Modru poured a glass for Rock. But I seldom understand you. His hand trembling slightly, Rock picked up the wine glass. Good God, he could kill me with a flick of his finger. Why the hell hasn't he? There must be something he wants from us. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what you mean. Mordrew sampled the meal, chewing delicately, precisely. I mean, dear boy, why this compulsive need to attack a humble old man? <laughs> oh, he's just toying with us before the end, isn't he? Like a child plucking the legs off a dying insect. Come on. Play with the hand. Come <laughs> Dramatically. It's go for the Oscar, Scott. Go for the Oscar. It's not our intention to threaten you, sir. Play the game. He can't know I'm thrashing about in the dark. If he does, it's over. It's all over. Mordru sipped his wine and shrugged. I am, after all, the duly appointed sovereign of this people. I threaten no one. Don't flinch. Keep fishing. Fishing among the piranha. We have no desire to attack you, sir. All we seek is the release of your captive. I've got something in my side. I've got to figure out what it is. Play it at exactly the right time. Ah, yes, the so-called captives. Captives? Then there's more than one. Okay, Mordru, keep talking. My beloved Misa, she stays of her own free will. And the Green Lantern... Rock's eyebrow raised involuntarily. 
Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Dramatic reading. We do our best. So the audio is going to call us any day now. Yeah, I can tell. Okay, so thump, poom, thump, poof, thump. So the big ruckus from the big fight is going on, and it wakes up Cam. This doesn't look like the hotel. He's wearing, I don't know what the hell he's wearing. It looks like one of these. Uh, <laughs> like the whole night shirt. Like, like it's like from the, uh, it was the night uh, before Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> it's very Scrooge. mom in my, cur- mom in her kerchief and I in my cap. Yeah. Indeed. So that he wakes up and he's not alone. Joe's there and uh, Kono and they are getting together like, what's going on? Why is there <laughs> and Kono's been dressed in actually it looks like the little boosty outfit she was looking at on the internet totally does yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's not impressed saucy underwear mm-hmm. where's rock where's wolf see they even said it right there yeah where's <laughs> yeah. wolf thank you mm. where's Waldo let's <laughs> say okay first priority we fan out and find them right they're regaining their wits at a surprising rate they're legionnaires. Yeah, thank you. So they're like, ah, should we send some troops in? You heard our orders. Contain them in the dungeon. Do not engage. So Kona goes off and uh, scoots through the wall into the stable where they've been keeping the furball. <laughs> Bunch of Good jackasses. Furball. <laughs> treating Wolf like an animal. Come on, buddy. You okay? What's the matter, furball? You going to be all right? <laughs> Okay, okay. Mm. Just take it easy. Whatever they doped us up with, they gave it to him in spades. So, and then suddenly a pathoom. Now what? And Laurel Gan comes through the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind my ass hanging out here. Just uh... (laughs) Looks like Vicros, all the better for Vicros to kick it. (laughs) Stay out of this. This is between me and her. And they're like, whatever, dude. You fight one of us, you fight all of us. He's like, no, no, stay back. I can handle him. He's like, yes, we will finish this without your interference. And suddenly the entire ceiling collapses on his head because Kono doesn't do what anybody tells him to do. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. So it looks like, I'm not, I guess he turns to smoke or something to escape through a hole in the floor. Yeah, and that's then what reforms I reforms himself doing the whole vampire deal. Yeah. See? Yeah. There you go. The whole Twilight crowd right there. Uh, yeah, and then uh-huh. he's he's glittering in the sunlight as he says, "Damn, damn, damn!" Come on, he's a, he's a vampire who takes his shirt off. Like right. he's having a tantrum because he didn't get to drink the Daxamite blood, and now he's gonna go. I guess he's gonna go find them again. Because <laughs> he's not allowed to attack them. So yeah, but the emperor gave no order of protecting the Green Lantern. So I guess he's gonna go take it out on Ron Vidar. Mm-hmm. Cut to, I guess, another pleasure garden. Hmm. Miss is uh, flashbacking, monologuing. <laughs> As she is wont to do, yeah. yeah. She's blaming herself for the Legionnaires coming here and they're going to get killed over her. And she, she fails. She says, what is it? The torment in Mordu's soul, the rage. He tries to control it. He wants to, but we fail him. So she's totally Stockholm syndroming on him. Mm, yep. Yeah, yeah, big time. So, just this whole thing about imagining they could tame the demon. Yeah, and then so I guess it, I guess it's an 
he, he looks like he, I guess he beats her or whatever too. She's flashing back to uh, mm-hmm. the crushing of her hopes is for an idyllic life as the first wife of an emperor. But now she's getting angry. She's, damn him, I was a legionnaire. A legionnaire! And then we have a nice little picture of her in block when she's in her old white bitch outfit. And it's all cracked and crumbled, mm-hmm. torn asunder. So now she's getting angry, which is what she needs, so she can uh, fight back. Next page. Oh, text piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a nice little uh, portrait of Mordrew chowing down on his hot his buffalo wings there. <laughs> Side of ranch, please. Yeah. Oh no, cheese, man. Blue cheese, yeah. I know. I like the ranch. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a staring. <laughs> Rock's eyebrow raised involuntarily. What? The child didn't know about the lantern. Yeah, oh, uh, the Green Lantern attacked the palace. You stupid old fool! You've given him a second bargaining chip. He is being justly punished. Rock <laughs> took a long sip of the wine. The boy is Stalin, evaluating the little gift I've so stupidly presented him with. Curse it! <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs> well, sir, it would never be our intention to keep Mysa away from you against her will. And as for the Green Lantern, bah, what does it matter? They'd have found out it some sooner or later and come back. While it's true he attacked you, perhaps his actions should be judged in an impartial court. Perhaps you presumptuous little... No, no, easy old man. He will use your righteous fury against you. My subjects have never suggested I rule with anything but fairness. Because <laughs> they'd be eaten every day <laughs> if they didn't. Rock swallowed self-consciously. Mm. The boy knows he hasn't won anything yet. Well, sir, for a great leader, it's not enough to simply not abuse your power. You must avoid the appearance of such abuse. Meaning what? Rock swirled the wine around in his glass and stared to the side. Meaning, if the rest of the free world saw you serving as judge, jury, and executioner of your acknowledged enemies, you could find yourself facing, well, damn it, he has figured it out. In other (laughs) words, you have to watch your actions, sir, or you will provide every ex-legionnaire in every free world with reason to rise up against you. Damnation! I've (laughs) underestimated him again. I cannot control the actions of others, my friend, but I am prepared to defend myself. Rock carefully chewed the last of his meat. <laughs> Can you afford to provoke an all-out attack now, sir? Are you ready for that? Mordru pushed himself away from the table. Let's retire to the garden, shall we? Mm-hmm. So, flash to, well, it looks like the garden, or a garden. Mrs. out there. She's looking to uh, break in and see what she can do to help. Uh, so what did she do there? It looks like she... She, she teleports into where Rond is there. She does a little bamf action. It's for shoom. For shoom and thoof. So she goes to help Rond. She wanted to help. She's explaining to him that she wanted to help, but she just couldn't. And Vrykos comes up behind her and gets her in the headlock. Uh-oh. Yeah, that can't be good. That's probably not. Mm. So they have cut to the Legion. They're searching through the rubble to try and find uh, the exit to the dungeons. <laughs> Kono's mm. complaining about the men and why, why they can't why they can't find their way out. 
Can we keep moving? I'm about to ready to gag on the smell of soggy fur. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Bren. <laughs> Suddenly, Laurel Gann hears a scream. I didn't hear anything. Well, I am the one with super hearing. And she smashes the wall. <laughs> Sounded like Misa. Let's move it. And uh, is that? Oh, yeah. Joe is left there holding on to uh, <laughs> still groggy fur ball. Uh, guys. Guys. So Vrykos is putting the beat on uh, Missa. With everything the emperor does for you, this is the way you thank him? You little tramp! He throws her in the pit. Oh, you're going to be a fine piece of work when he's through with you. <laughs> mm. And then he's, he's playing the, the false charming thing. Oh, you mis poor misguided child. I worry about you. I really do. <laughs> and he gets a rock in the head. Bonk. Huh? Ha, a green lantern. So you do have a backbone after all. Wabow. And oh, yeah, Vrykos just gives him a shot in the face. Hmm. If he had a mouth, he would have lost his, uh, reta his retainer. All his teeth, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you are not a Daxamite. You are a vastly inferior substitute. But you will do. And so for the first time, we see the, the big vampire <laughs> mouth from the shadows of Rykos's face. And his voice turns... Yeah, mm. his voice turns all... <laughs> you will do... And Ron, who hasn't had a mouth up until this point, and suddenly all mouth. Like hell I will, he says. Huh? He says, feed on this, you parasite. And he bops him one in the melon. <laughs> and it turns out it was Cam all along. <laughs> Just that's, a little exchange, the kind of thing you can do with super speed. So see, that's like, old school Legion right there. That is very old school <laughs> Legion. Fakes him out with the, uh, the old one-two. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to miss any other important details, keep your eye on my fist. This is too much. Damn, I could take every one of you if not for the old fool's senility, his moronic orders. You should all be mine. But once again, you blunder, so concerned for the lantern. You left, leave the trollop unprotected. Whoosh, so he whips over and grabs Missa again, gets her in the uh, double arm bar. Uh, let's see. You assume this is the White Witch, but you're wrong. Mordru has crushed the White Witch, left nothing behind but the simpering shell. And he's there, he's threatening, he says, one more step and I'll take her throat out. But suddenly her eye goes red. And that's never good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Mice's enemy, that's not good. <laughs> There's a blinding flash of light, and uh, I guess that's, who's that? Uh, Cam? Now somebody's saying, Mice, what are you doing to him? And there's a huge scream that goes on for nine panels. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's just sort of turning away and not looking. And oh boy, bad stuff of doing. Oh, text page. <laughs> I love that while all this is going on, Rock's yeah. sitting up there having dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're slogging through the sewers. <laughs> He's having dinner in a pale More scarlet Drew. pirate shirt. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Mordru took a tiny sip of brandy. I am prepared to fight for what is mine. I will defend my people. Setting down his brandy untasted, Rock looked into the Mordu's eyes earnestly. And you know that we can't back down. We have to have what we came for. Mordru gave him a look of irritation. There has been so much needless bloodshed, so much suffering. We've always been prepared, sir, to settle our differences peacefully. 
Mordru sighed. You ask for so much. You ask me to abide the illusion of weakness, the suggestion that I might have acted unjustly. Hmm. Rock nah. concentrated. Yeah, no, not you. Rock concentrated to maintain his stare into Mordru's eyes. The trademark sparkle was flickering out. The dull look of resignation, of compromise, was taking its place. Rock knew the feeling well. Yes, this is difficult for you, sir, but you can't afford to give the Legionnaires or the universe a collection of martyrs right now. An understanding between us is possible, sir. We can avoid that final battle, a fight neither of us is ready for, a fight neither of us can win. Mordru smiled playfully. That remains to be seen. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sir. You're nowhere near full power. You've got the cuns to deal with, a planet to control, and there's always Glorith. You can't afford to go to war now. Mordru stared into the evening sky for a few seconds and drew a deep breath. If I release my beloved Mysa to you, if I free the Green Lantern, will you leave peacefully? You have my word, sir. Mordru looked to Rock and studied him. An enigma. A worthy opponent. One who's remained true to everything I compromised to achieve my power. A combination that can't exist, and yet there he is. So be it. So, and like, just, just like that, <laughs> they rescued him. <laughs> Interlude. In orbit above Trom in the uh, Clunkamobile 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So they, so Jan, I guess uh, Jan's gone, with, come with them, and now they're going to do, 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 somewhere else. They're going to Winneth. Yeah. Oh, Winneth, yes, of course. <laughs> One yeah. thing you can't do is break your word. Well, you shouldn't promise what you can't deliver. We never gave our word. <laughs> <laughs> that's some, that actually, the way she says that, that's going to be somewhat important later on. Actually, one, one mm. thing that's kind of interesting, the mark on Bounty's um, chin? chin, cheek there, kind of looks a lot like some of the marks on Mordru's um, fingernails in the um, alternate timeline. Oh, God. Yeah, I yeah. Too. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if there's a connection there or not. It just looks interesting. Mm-hmm. So they want to go to Winneth because uh, Jan says uh, that's where he sent the body. That's not right. the point. A hero, a friend has died. Allow me to show him proper respect. So we have uh, Mordru talking to himself again. So they fought me to a draw. <laughs> I love that. It's like it, they make it sound like, they, you know, there's one of those superhero battles and they got the best of them. And there it is. <laughs> it was a tie. <laughs> yeah. Still counts. But this business of compromising. <sighs> <laughs> so he's admiring uh, Rock Crin's gusto and his suave uh, powers of per- powers of persuasion. If only my minions possessed that kind of courage and character, it almost makes me regret my little farewell gift. <laughs> you old stinker! Yeah, that's what mm. you. All right, <laughs> stranding them on rocks. Days from civilization, even for the Daxamite. <laughs> I do lower myself sometimes. But it will do them good to remember who it is they challenge. <laughs> and the uh, dude comes mm-hmm. in and says that Vrykos can be saved. Ah, very good. If that is all, then please leave me with my thoughts. So he says, I'm going to remember this, and it's not over. Da-da-da-da. Hmm. And we cut to the 
J J five eighty six research station on Yucatan seven. It's unlike virtually any energy I've ever traced. It's almost like what? No, it's too preposterous. It just couldn't be. Have you charted its course? Oh, it's a little carrot head, dudes. Isn't, <laughs> isn't one of them a Green Lantern? Yep. In our era. Medphil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Medphil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, but that too is a little difficult to believe. So there's a green energy thingy going one way, and then suddenly it reached Trom and veered off course towards Winneth. Hmm, most peculiar. Let's endeavor not to lose track of this phenomenon. Sing out if it starts heading for us. <laughs> so that's the end of the story, and then we get the, the back matter is uh, basically advertising material, advertising supplements for the uh, your plastic pal who's fun to be with. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the your probe. The probe droids. Probe Tech's new Probe CBSXF350 and Probe CBXSM350. <laughs> now, more than ever, the best friend an executive ever had. <laughs> so there's got testimonials from former EarthGov President Mojil Desai. Yeah. Desai. Yep. He shows up in the Baxter run for the first time. So, yeah. Yep. And now the, some of these, uh, when we get to the, the just a, sort of a quick overview of the uh, the letters page, this is when the negative letters started coming in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Speaking the, of letters pages, we totally neglected to talk about Dick Fister last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One of the letters in, in issue six was uh, penned by one Dick Fister. Uh, it wasn't me, I swear. I promise it wasn't me. Probably somebody you know. Now this first, this first oh, guy. It's probably someone Matt knows. Come on, what are the odds? No. I don't know Dick Fister. Come this, on. this this first guy from Tucson, man, he's pissed. Mm-hmm. He is pissed. He says the, there's. He says, "What's wrong?" You ask. Well, the Catch Twenty Two ending that now allows Keith to rape the thirtieth century. Oh my! Right. Oh yeah, he's hardcore. He's pissed. <laughs> I like that he's blaming Keith too, eh? Oh, exactly, exactly. Your yeah, editorial had nothing to do with that decision whatsoever. Well, some may may would you believe otherwise? <laughs> he says invalidating the work of so many fine artists and writers just to feed Keith's ego is a criminal waste and display of complete disregard and disdain for your readers. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah, hey, but hey, I could be jumping the gun about this. <laughs> you think? <laughs> sure. Uh, signed, Superboy Prime. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some of uh, Tom Beerbaum's uh, memories of, of this issue was talking about this being the big confrontation between Mordrew and their little, you know, fledgling legion of Rock, Cam, Joe, Kono, and Fairball. So this is the best look we'd get at Varykos, the vampire-like creature that Keith had originally intended to ultimately join the Legion. That's wild. Yeah, it is. You see, but every time they bring in a vampire character on a super team, it never works. Because the vampire always has to wind up having to kill someone to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the heroes are like, "Um, dude, totally wrong. Stop it. (laughs) That's drama, though. It's been done. It's been done. It's been done. It's been done. In the opening page, we learn that his blood drinking allows him to gain the strengths of his victims, making him eager to battle, defeat, and feed upon superpowered adversaries. Some people didn't like the blacked-out face Keith gave Rykos, but Keith had a twist in mind for that. 
which I won't reveal since there's some chance Keith might want to use the idea on another character at some point. Mm. That's true. Hmm. Hmm. That could happen. You never know. He says, so immediately the newly introduced character Laurel Gand shows up and we get a real knockdown drag out fight between Laurel and Vrykos. It's highlighted by many generous shots of Laurel's barely covered rear end. <laughs> within, a f- within a few years, I think there were dozens of superheroines with thongs and thong-like costumes, but Laurel may have been the first, given her position as the Legion's substitute supergirl. There were certainly pl- plenty of people who weren't happy about it. Sometime later, we realized that we probably had a lot to do with Laurel getting her skimpy costume because the initial sketch of Kono we sent to Keith showed her in a costume inspired by a woman we saw bicycling around Long Beach wearing tights and a thong. (laughs) Keith didn't go for that outfit on the pubescent uh, Kono wisely, wisely so in retrospect, but that visual may have stuck in his mind because what he gave Laurel is basically our Kono outfit uh, without the tights under the thong. So I was surprised but not dismayed at Laurel's southern exposure. I thought it was sexy and truly gave the character her own personality. No wow. one was ever going to have trouble telling her apart from Supergirl. And yeah. I like the notion that Laurel was very comfortable in showing off her formidable and virtually invulnerable physique, which is a plausible character trait and certainly added spice to various character interactions, especially between her and Expo Brainiac 5. The oddest bit in this story was Keith's daring decision to tell three pivotal pages in traditional prose style. This is quite a challenge for Mary and I, since I think it's the only professional prose writing we've ever done where Mm. we weren't in some voice, such as within, within a newspaper article, diary, transcript, or something like that. I think it reads pretty well and tells an interesting story of the powerless rock displaying his resourcefulness and bravery as he faces Mordru. The seemingly omnipotent sorcerer is trying to gently coax the legionnaires into retreating without cl- reclaiming Mysa or Rond. But Rock figures out that Mordru's stretched too thin and his powers are still too low to take on the attacks he'd provoke if he killed and tortured all, all the legionnaires he'd captured. In the end, Mordru gives up Mysa and Rond and lets the legionnaires go so he can continue building his powers toward the ultimate confrontation. This issue all but tells everyone that Furball is actually Timberwolf since a couple of times the other legionnaires call him Wolf. <laughs> Um, this issue uh, also gives us a pretty good look inside the shattered psyche of Misa, her spirit crushed by the cruelty of her husband Mordru the themes of Mordru's depravity brought about in part by the barbaric punishments he was subjected to in earlier eons and his abusive love-hate relationship with Misa were key storylines throughout our run on the book and the linchpin of our final tale in the mother book the rise of Mordru's storyline that extended from about 43 to 48 also, also worth noticing, ugh, worth noting, is the text page: a corporate sales brochure extolling the virtues of the latest probe office assistants, who were those eyeless, blue-skinned, artificially grown humanoids. To my regret, they were unable to produce these text pages in the format I'd envisioned, which was in brochure form, with each of the six little sections given a third of a page, so you can imagine it as a little fold-out brochure. It's still a pretty interesting little piece, kind of haunting in this cheerful, upbeat, uh, corporate way. It describes the rather creepy notion of an enslaved form of artificial life. We never really did address that concept and do it justice. I think Keith eventually wanted to do a real free the probes kind of storyline, but the funny little blue-skinned assistants gradually faded and disappeared from our storyline. And honestly, I don't think the good old Legion veterans would have ever been ver- would have ever been very accepting of a universe in which these humanoids were being so casually exploited. So it may have been for the best that the full implications of the probes plot line just sort of f- faded into the background. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there we go with seven. So yeah, that was, that was probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we're starting to, again, we're starting to see the world take shape. 
and uh, you know, still lots more ground to be covered. And uh, and you know, what we really need to to know is is just so in this new timeline, where's the Legion coming from? And we'll we'll get into that in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> you all tuckered out? Yeah, man, I just did twenty k. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and a dramatic reading at the same time. Wow, Burn. that's impressive. Damn. I burned three hundred calories. That's all right. sweet. <laughs> Look at you. All right. Yeah. So anyone got anything else? I don't think so. I think we're good. Yeah. This yeah, is going to be the, the last issue of, of uh, 2009. Happy oh, New Year. Well, happy New Year, happy New Year to everyone. Ooh, and, uh, drink them if you got them. Except for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm on hiatus from drinking right now. I hope it's a better year next year than the, the last uh, one. Indeed. <laughs> I think we can all toast to that. Let's yeah. have a great 2010 next year. Indeed. Everybody. Ooh. Okay. So with that, comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com, or you can send to info at Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com. You can join in the conversation at the forum, forum forum.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And you can head over to our website, you guessed it, Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com, and you can post to the individual episode threads. Uh, You can also follow us on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And uh, we're also on the Facebook. And that, just search Legion of Substitute Podcasters. It turns out we're the only one. <laughs> so there you go. And with that, we head back into the time bubble and make our way back to the 21st century. And uh, it's just whether or not we'll land just before 2010, or maybe we'll land smack dab in the middle of it. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? But uh, we'll see you all here next week. Zoom! Zoom!